Being an effective real estate broker means you are a go-getter, an advocate, a voice, a cheerleader, and a trusted advisor. The gratification we get when our clients close on their home is priceless, but it takes knowledge, hard work, and compassion to help you get there. I am Linda Longmire, designated managing broker at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Stark Real Estate in Hoffman Estates, and I make sure my team knows their hard work matters. Building a strong relationship is where it all begins. We want our clients to feel supported in every step and feel confident when it's time to say, welcome home. Hi, I'm Linda Longmire, designated manager with Berkshire Hathaway Stark Real Estate in Hoffman Estates. And the last time we've been getting together, we've been talking about the importance of vetting the right real estate brokerage for your real estate career. And we've been talking about how important it is to make sure that your agency is stable and strong. And those are two boxes that definitely our agency can tick off. Besides that, you were able to meet a couple of my brokers, one being very new and said it was all about the feelings that he had and about the relationships that we formed together when we first met, the follow-up and the communication. Then you met a seasoned broker who said, all true about the great relationships, but even more so is the value package that was offered and the money saved, and she really said, this is the place to be. So when doing that, how do we help our brokers grow? Well, we do it by training them to be knowledgeable, compassionate, caring, and doing everything with great integrity. We know that we impact people's lives. This is their biggest asset and most likely their biggest debt. So we want to treat that with great care. You were able to meet our three internal pillars, and that was our director of teaching and coaching, and then you met the vice president of marketing, and then the director of business development. Three strong pillars that really bring it all together in building and growing a business. Then, well, like in all real estate transactions, what do we say is the key element? Location, location, location. Well, Bellworks is the location to be. And why do I say that? It's not just because the ease of getting here off of the expressway and two major roadways of Barrington and Roselle, but it's about the business-to-business -business relationships that are found in this building. And as our business ourselves, we have been able to do business with businesses within this building. Now, it's just not all business and no play. We have great social hours here, great networking groups that we meet here, and not to mention the wonderful 30,000-foot fitness center, which we all should belong to, for great fitness of body and mind. So today, you're going to meet, well, the people that I call are the glue that make transactions come together. These are the people that are just essential. And when you work with us, you have partners already established for you. And so today I want you to meet two of these partners. And Jay is a senior loan officer with Home State Bank. Welcome, Jay. Great to have you here. Thank you, Linda. Thanks for asking me. No, no problem. And Joe is a partner with Angelina and Herrick yes. Law Firm. So known both of them for quite some time, but I want you to get to know them. Great, so Jay, thanks. tell me, how'd you get started in finance? So I took a job at, in, in a work study program in high school 
and I was working as a landscaper. And the landscaping job uh, ended in October because of the weather in the Midwest. And I went to my work study coordinator and I said, I need a new job. And he showed me two banks that were looking for help. And one of the banks wanted a teller and one of the banks wanted a stock boy. So I looked at the, I looked them up that night at home in the yellow pages, if you remember what those <laughs> were. And the bank that wanted a teller was just one branch. The bank that wanted a stock boy was eight branches. And in my 16 year old mind, I thought, I think I would rather work for a larger bank. So I okay. went to work as a stock boy at that bank. They, um, I eventually worked my way up into the branch. I was a teller, I was a new accounts officer, I was a branch manager, and then uh, became a mortgage lender. And I've been a mortgage lender for 40 years. Okay, that is a history. I love when people start working when they are young teenagers. I think this is such an important element because that work ethic stays with you and you really appreciate as your life grows without a doubt. So Joe, how'd you get into law? Well, um, I was always kind of a studious guy and reading uh, was was right up my alley and government and mm -hmm. history and those were the things that interested me. I, I can't screw in a light bulb, but you know, I can, uh, I can read books. So it was a good fit for me and right. didn't stop me from working my way through, through uh, college and law school though so sure. um uh i i have been working uh you know all my life in, in certain degrees so um but it, the law was what i was drawn to it, it mm -hmm. fits my uh strong uh suits and and my uh interests uh how i ended up in real estate was really um just kind of exposure so i took a job as a uh, an associate right out of uh, law school and was exposed to several things, a lot of litigation. Uh, mm -hmm. Understood that that wasn't really for me. Right. Uh, it didn't suit my uh, my skill set all that well. But I was exposed to real estate and understood that um, this was really where I can uh, use my skills as a lawyer to help people uh, have a, a direct impact on their lives. So, um, you know, buying a house, selling a house, um, you know, getting into your first home, getting into your second, going on into uh, your retirement. Um, those are all are all aspects that I feel I help people achieve um, through the limited time that I'm I'm with them. But uh, it's an important time nonetheless. So, oh, extraordinarily important, without a doubt, because people, I mean. The legal end of it, people just simply don't understand. And there's a lot of legality because you're writing a contract that is very binding. Yes. Yes. And yeah. that's the way us lawyers like it. We don't want you guys to know what's going on. But, uh, <laughs> no. But uh, it is. There are, there is, uh, it's not buying a washer and dryer, right? It's buying. You can't return it. Right. It's buying a house and it's buying property. And, um, you know, people have been doing that for thousands of years and, um the property hasn't changed. It's just changed hands. So right. uh, that's why we get uh, involved and really why we're a necessary party um, to help so. you in your transaction, either buying or selling. All right. Absolutely. Well, I always think the very first piece of glue that I look at is my lender, because when people meet with me, I always find it very important that we have what I call the meet and greet so that 
I get to meet them, talk to them, find out what their needs, wants, and desires are so that that relationship is forming right then and there. I know people always like in today's world, pick up the phone, they've seen so many things on you know, Zillow, Realtor.com, and they just simply want to go out and see the property. And to me, that is the kiss of death. So I always, one of my first questions after I have found out a little bit about them is, have you met with a lender? Mm -hmm. And I love, and Jay, you'll address this. Oh, I know exactly what I'm, I can spend. I've been on the internet. But as I always say to them, that internet has yet to talk back to me with all my questions. So hence, Jay, how do you start your process when I send you someone? So when I receive the, that initial introduction, I will um, either get together, I prefer to get together with a, with a mm -hmm. uh, potential client, or at least meet with them over the phone. I start gathering pre-approval information. I'm gonna gather their income information, their assets, I'm going to pull a credit report on them, and then I'm going to run it through an automated underwriting system that we have. That's the initial step. And if I run it through the automated underwriting system and I, and I get an approval, then I can kind of take a look at the different programs that we have to offer and talk to the client and decide which is the best program for mm -hmm. them, and I'll issue a pre-approval letter for them. Mm -hmm. If I don't get an approval, then it may mean going to our what you know, our human underwriter and having our human underwriter take a look right. at um, take a look at the file to see if there are things that you know maybe were missed in the automated underwriting system that mm -hmm. we're able to uh, to issue an approval on, and if we can't get an approval in either of those two ways, then I will take a look and you know maybe it's a, a credit issue and I'll help mm -hmm. to coach the the buyer on things that they can do to improve their credit situation to get into a position where they'll be able to buy. If it is an income issue, then it is, you know, sometimes it's waiting until they're on their job for a little bit longer. Um, sometimes it is paying down some debt. I coach them through the process to get them in a, to be, to be viable buyers. Right, absolutely. I always find it to be a question that they always say to me, well, I'll meet with Jay, uh, but I don't want him to run my credit because it'll definitely go in the tank because I've already run it once. So the the what what we've learned is that any number of credit pulls for the same purpose within a 30-day or 45-day period, depending on who you talk to, um, only counts as one strike. And the government has um, made credit bureaus do that so that people can feel free to shop around. Right. In, or, in order to use the automated underwriting systems, a, a true credit report has to be pulled and it goes right into, the, right into the system, right into the automated underwriting system. And the automated underwriting system takes the information off of the credit report and makes its decision based on what's there. We can't just plug in there and say people have good credit and it takes our word for it so it actually needs the information. Mm -hmm. It's looking at credit utilization, it's looking at credit score, it's looking for delinquencies and things like that. Right. So your first pre-approval, let's say it gets, you know, approved in automated underwriting. So how quick can that letter be issued? Um, I am able to, I'm able to issue an approval letter to somebody usually within about an hour is how long it takes me to enter it into my system and get the approval. 
Sometimes if it is somebody who is self-employed or somebody whose income is a little bit different, it's not the, you know, somebody making $25 an hour that works 40 hours a week, but they have sporadic income, they earn commission, something like that. Then I need them to give me some additional information before I'll give them a pre-approval letter. I might need tax returns. Um, I might need pay stubs. I always get those things anyway, but if somebody is making a certain amount, you know, if it's a salary salary earner, I can uh, I can take their word for what they say their income is to issue a quick pre-approval letter, but I'm always following up and getting the actual information that's needed. Sure, you know, and in today's world with interest rates, you know, up and down and the Fed not knowing exactly what's going on in the big bad world out there, um, how good really is an approval letter good for? Well, an approval letter is, an approval letter is good for the moment that it's prepared in. Um, and well I say said. that I like that. <laughs> I say that just because interest rates have been, you know, recently have been very volatile where yes. you know, a, a week later the interest rate might be a half percent higher or a half percent lower than it was when a pre-approval letter was was written. So I always say when you're going to present an offer, even if you've gotten a pre-approval letter, whether it's from me with Home State Bank or if it is from a, a different loan officer to confirm the pre-approval on the day that the, the offer is being written, just to make sure that the numbers right. are still valid. Right, because I think today we just need to be very cautious because we can get so caught. And what about somebody that has done a modification or you know, a forbearance, I should say? So modifications and forbearances, they get, a, they get a little tricky. We're seeing many of those, uh, we're seeing many buyers come through that have had those in their past. Mm-hmm. And those probably take a little bit longer than an hour to prepare a pre-approval. Sure. Um, sometimes those need you know, the blessing of the, the human underwriter. <laughs> um, but we really have to take a close look at the situation. Right. There are certain things that come up with a modification. For instance, some modifications, the, um, the servicing lender will take a chunk of the mortgage that's outstanding and they'll put it in a separate second mortgage and they'll have the the borrower paying their payments based on a lower balance. When they go to sell, they have to pay off that, that quiet second mortgage that sure. is there. So it's very important that we know about that type of information and we do question people. It doesn't show up on a credit report always and that makes it sometimes difficult where somebody's selling their house and you see their mortgage balance on the on the credit report it may not include something like you know a, a modified second mortgage right right but joe doesn't it show up on title that second note uh yes so it would show up as a recorded uh, lien against the property so that mm-hmm. that particular seller would have um two mortgages on their property right um uh whether they have balances on both is is becomes a different thing. But in order to sell the property, we do have to get those removed sure. um, in order to convey clear title to the yeah, buyer. Absolutely. So pulling title, do you pull it when you get the contract from us right away? Or how do you do that? Because well, it's an integral part. It is. So um, oftentimes we get... Uh, we get the contract and we, we place the order for title insurance um, mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, if I uh, suspect something or 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 um, am alerted, I will I can pull up the documents records right um, at my desk. 
Mm -hmm. I don't usually do that because it's not necessarily a uh, a common occurrence. Right. Um, but I get my my package back from uh, the title insurance company within a day or two, mm -hmm. um, and then we're looking at it, and then we know what's going on. And right. so when we're in, within this five day attorney review period, which we'll talk about, um, I'm right. sure in a minute, but it's um, we have some time to get some of the work done. Right. Uh, it, uh, but yeah, for sure. So we're looking at anything that's on the um, title to the property within mm -hmm. the first few days. Very important because, I mean, once we go to contract, you both need to get that contract ASAP because you're going to pull more current documents. And so then what's your procedure with somebody that when you receive a contract? Yeah. So um, when I'm contacted by, uh, let's say, a buyer in this case, mm -hmm. um, uh, I will uh, either email them or call them, whatever uh, is is the best way to do it. Email is an essential element of our communication. It really is. I mean, we can't right. talk on the phone uh, over every aspect of, of things. Um, unlike Jay, I don't necessarily have to have a face-to-face -face meeting. Mm -hmm. um, usually the first time uh, I see the client, the client sees me is at the closing table. Right. That doesn't mean we don't know each other. It doesn't mean we aren't confident in what we're going right. to do and, and we're well prepared to do it. It's just that we don't necessarily have to have that face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's very important, I think, for a buyer to have that face-to-face -face with, uh, with Jay. Mm -hmm. uh, because that is really, I mean, Jay's really delving into the, to the buyer's uh, personal life. I mean... They're, you're exposing a lot of things. I don't necessarily get all that involved right. in who your your debts are to or how much money you make. Right. Okay. Exactly. That's all. That's over there. Right. Uh, so I'm more concerned with making sure that uh, the parties fulfill the terms of the contract, that uh, the buyers understand what they're doing, um, and I, I will at closing explain the loan documents. But um, so when we get the contract in. Um, again, Jay and I are working on kind of like parallel tracks. We have these time periods that are set forth in our contract. Right. Um, and it's a, essentially a five business day period for mm -hmm. attorney review and inspection. But it's also a period in which they have to make a loan application. Okay. So you're, the, the buyer is working with both of us right. simultaneously. So there's a lot of activity in the first 10 two weeks of a, of a contract mm -hmm. life. Um, the other good thing about what we have been able to do and how we practice here in, uh, in Illinois and the Collar Counties, uh, Cook and the Collar Counties, is that we have uh, put together a standard uniform residential real estate contract. So um, you're familiar with it. Yeah. Jay's familiar with it. Yeah. I'm familiar with it. Okay. Right. The people who aren't familiar with it are the buyer and the seller. Right. Correct. <laughs> but um, they feel it's too long. Yeah. Right. And and there's some of uh, of my uh, own brother and feel it's too long. But it does. Uh, uh, it is a document that we put together to mm -hmm. uh, to uh, handle most of the common occurrences that we see in our practice. Make sure each party is relatively protected equally, mm -hmm. um, and it's a fair and and standard contract. But that doesn't mean we don't make changes to it during this attorney review period. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so when I get a contract in and, and I uh, uh, talk to the to the client, kind of set forth what what to expect. Right. First couple 
first couple of weeks, there's a flurry of activity. You're, you're talking to me, you're talking to Jay, you're talking to Linda, we're back and forth, you got an inspector in there, who knows, maybe you do a radon test, you get the, the reports back and what do right. we do, and oh my gosh, and we're going mm -hmm. back and forth. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like silent, right? Yes. And, and during that period of time before this, this gap period before closing, that's when Jay's really cooking. Right. So he's got to get that loan together mm -hmm. because, again, within the body of the contract, we have certain dates that we have to hit right. um, to make sure that um, the buyer is on track. The mm -hmm. seller can can rely upon the buyer's promises that they're going to be able to uh, purchase this right. property and, and everybody's on track. So um, the flow of things is, like I said, activity in the first 10 to 10 days to two weeks, a little bit of a lull. And then a little bit more uh, activity when we're getting near closing, right? right? Everybody wants to know their numbers and we got to make sure everything is clear to close and, and all the figures are in and, uh, you know, the walkthrough is set up and all that kind of good stuff. Yes. And then we close and, you know, an hour later, everybody's happy. Yes. <laughs> Keys are exchanged and we're, we're right. good to go. That's right. Well, and it is a flurry of activity those first you know, five to 14 days. And I always try to prepare the buyers for that, that, you know, be on your game. Don't tell me that you're going to go on vacation then, you know, because yeah. that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, it always amazes me because I'll say to them, don't spend anything, you know, but the couch isn't going to have a payment for two years. And so Jay, how do we address that loveliness? So prior to Prior to closing, just prior to closing, a soft credit pull is done. And we learn about things like that sometimes. Yes. We, I say my coach, my, my buyers at time of application, okay, we've pulled your credit. We know what your credit score is. You're approved. Don't buy anything. Don't buy anything. Don't buy anything. Don't change jobs. <laughs> yes, um, that's you, another good one. I love that if one. If <laughs> you decide to change jobs or if a job opportunity comes up in the next 30 days, Check with me first before you accept any new position. It's not always a problem when you change change jobs, right. um, but be sure to check with me first. I don't want anybody passing up on a great opportunity um, as long as they're doing the same type of work and they're bettering themselves. It's it sometimes just means a, an added verification. Mm -hmm. um, when we do the soft credit pull, if something comes up, then we have to check to make sure that the buyer is still qualified with the new debt if there is new debt. Right. Um, we have to be able to verify the debt, which if they just took it out is sometimes difficult to do and may cause a delay. Sometimes they may take out a debt, a brand new debt, and it requires doing a new credit pull and getting a new credit score. And that's can become very difficult for people. Right. If their credit score puts them below a level where they uh, where they're no longer able to be approved under. Right, and some programs are different with credit scores, correct? Correct. There are some programs like first-time homebuyer programs, for instance, have a minimum credit score. Mm -hmm. And if they go below that minimum credit score, they're no longer eligible for the program. Right. Um, mortgage pricing, the, the interest rate that you get is affected by your credit score. So if you take out new credit and a new credit pull has to be done and your score drops, it may mean you're not going to get the rate you initially applied at. All these things are so very important, and especially to the first-time buyer, I mean, you really have to guide them. I mean, I think we're all saying that to them, you know, because it 
depends. It's like being a parent. You may say something to the child, but the aunt walks in and says it, and they listen. You know, so I, I always encourage, please, say the same thing to them 40 times because somebody will resonate with them. Because we've seen these things happen, and it's, you know, crucially tough. And it isn't necessarily just the first-time buyer. Maybe somebody that bought a while ago, but True. things have changed. Things have changed a lot in the mortgage industry in the past five years, in the past 15 years. Right. Things have changed. So if somebody bought their last home, um, things were different. If mm -hmm. somebody bought their last home in, let's say, 2007, we may not have verified income. We may not have done an appraisal on the property. Right. We may have just taken their word for it on what they said their employment was. Well, no um, doc. At no doc loans, and that um, and that got the industry in trouble, mm -hmm. and so things have changed drastically since yes. then. So if that's when they bought their last house, they're in for a little bit of a surprise when they apply for a mortgage. Right. Well, the other thing, Joe, that I think is really a real big part of yours is after the home inspection, and they go to ask for, you know, things mm -hmm. that yeah. they have discovered. And yet they've signed or initialed as is. Yes. So that well, is. Yeah, it, it is because the the contract under as is um, does allow for an inspection. So you're mm -hmm. not waiving your right to an inspection. But the idea behind the as is is that you're not going to come back to the seller and say, I want uh, credits or I want this done. I want that. I don't like the way the curtains are. You know some of the cosmetic stuff and and mm -hmm. things that that uh, get asked for but um it is more for a peace of mind of the buyer right mm -hmm. so on those ins uh, inspections with as is unless we really see major system problems and by major systems i'm talking about roof furnace air conditioning right. plumbing electrical um we really um don't have the right to go to the seller and say, I want this, that, and the other. Right. Um, if, if some of those um, uh, instances are found, well then, yeah, we do go to the seller and say, hey, look, under the contract, I don't have to buy this. However, I will buy it if you uh, uh, correct uh, the uh, electrical panel. You know, we get a right. Federal Pacific electrical panel or something. Right. And, you know, those are safety and health unexpected things. I wasn't planning on on taking on that expense. Right. Um, you know, most of the as is um, used to be that, you know what, I understand I'm going to fix this place up. Now it's pretty much like I don't want to lose the house. So right. there are two different things, right? If it's I don't want to, I figure I have to, to uh, improve the house. Mm -hmm. Well, then, all right, I've got some stuff built in. I wasn't planning on the electrical panel. I thought that was all right. So right. that's a little bit different. But in these as-is circumstances that we're seeing now in this tight market, right. um, you do run the risk of losing your, losing the offer uh, right. if we start raising stuff. Absolutely. And of course, I've always believed in the three S's, system, safety, or structure, mm -hmm. we're going to address. But the loose doorknobs, and I come right out and say that, we're not yeah. going to ask for those yeah. because yeah. it's only going to irritate the seller and the next Thing you know he's got how many backup offers right. yeah. in this very challenging market yeah no. it is it's a tight market and um you know some of these houses are like hen's teeth when you try to try to find a, a good one so right. don't necessarily want to lose it over over de minimis kind of aspects right. of you know the the uh, 
the caulking in the bathroom could be improved, which is, yes. which is a big one, or reverse polarity, which is, oh. I bring that one on all the time. Oh, I, yeah. well said, because <laughs> when I see that, I'm like, oh, yes, they like, think yeah. that's it so important. It sounds drastic. It does. does. reverse polarity. Oh my God, what do I, I have to stand yes, upside you know, down or something? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's not that big a deal. No, it isn't. It's, and it's an corrected. easy fix. Right. Yes. So those are the things that, yeah. and it's and those educated. are the things that I actually try to kind of talk them down after 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 you've had your your go at them. Um, yes, and you know it used to be much tougher. I, I think a couple of years ago that people were would really dig in on inspection issues, and and now we're in this market where it's you know you you push it and you could lose it. And, Absolutely. You know, then then where are you? You need a house. Right. Okay. Well, I do think between uh, all three of us, we would agree that I think the public is getting a little bit more, you know, they don't have to win the whole enchilada, so to speak. You know, they each should walk away feeling that, you know, they've gotten something out of this transaction and they want a point or something versus one thinking, oh, I've got to have the whole thing. Yeah. You and, know? you know, that is one thing that uh, when we get into inspection conversations that are are uh, protracted mm -hmm. um, and my counsel to the client is really how big a deal is this to you okay because right. for me it's no big deal I am not going to live there right so if every time you walk you pull your car into the garage all you can think about is this thing then it's a big deal right but if you can envision yourself pulling your car in there and oh yeah that's that's right there was the three-pronged outlet that I didn't get you know that don't you don't even know about it then right then that then we know what we're gonna deal with and, and you right. can can move on from here yeah and I think it's really important when you have people you know like the two of you that we partner with all the time that are able to talk them off the ledge sometimes mm -hmm. educate them then they're so happy that they have found a home and they've actually acquired it because you know how many contracts have we written in this challenging market uh, before we acquire one. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, people have gone over list and have been very creative in their, uh, you know, applying for a house basically. Yeah, yeah. You know. so uh, I think I can, can say the same thing for Jay, but when we close, that's happy day. Yes. Right, it's not sad day. It's no. not, oh my gosh, I bought this house, I don't like it. And, you know, <laughs> Jay gave me the wrong interest rate. It, that, no, it's everybody's happy. It's mm -hmm. like, Jay did a great job. All my documents were there. It was flawless. You know, I never knew any of these, what these loan documents, I didn't know the difference between a note and a mortgage and a truth and lending and so a CD. And now I know all this stuff and I got this beautiful house and I got, you know, my family's going to be there. It's happy day. Right. Uh, and that's what we're all kind of working towards uh, mm -hmm. on, on the client's behalf. Uh, it's not, uh, right. that, that's our goal. Um, and that's really why we're in this industry, I think. I mean, there, there are other areas of, of law and practice. There's other things that you could do. You could be a commercial realtor and, and right. uh, you know, no, we've decided to go into residential transactions because when we get to happy day, everybody, it's fulfilling. It is, but both of you can be happy because, you know, sometimes it's been challenging to get that loan approved. You know, if you've had to get them to clean up a credit issue or found something on there that didn't even belong to them and getting it off is also an issue without a doubt and then getting them through the attorney and inspection time period because they've never <coughs> done it or if they have done it it's been a while and things yeah. continue to change 
So the flow is just very important that we all stay in communication. What I love is that Jay is always copying me on things and you're always copying me mm-hmm. on things so that I can see what's going on. So when they call, I'm in the loop yeah. and everything just then flows and it's not like I have no clue what you're talking about. Right. You know? So. And that's that's why I said earlier that email is such a vital element of this transaction. Mm-hmm. And if you're not an emailer, like uh, some of our our elder clients yes. are, it just makes it a little bit more difficult. It's not impossible, but but um, it really is a vital element because we can we can ship communications really quickly. Um, right. I'm not reading a letter to you. You're actually reading it yourself and we're mm-hmm. going it over, over it together in the mm-hmm. circumstances where we're representing a seller and there's been some inspection requests. Um, and those, that, that kind of instant communication where Jay keeps me involved as to what the progress of the appraisal is or um, the progress mm-hmm. of the, uh, the loan application itself, what else is needed because he knows I'm coming up on a commitment date. Um, where we have to have certain uh, things in place and you know for for my office I I have five attorneys in my office and uh, we have five Mm -hmm. support staff so it's not just me I'm not a one-man band I am uh, I have several people who who are all working on the files so if I'm not available doesn't mean oh gosh you can't get a hold of someone that that doesn't know what what the whole file is about. So, um, you know, my paralegal is indispensable to me. Um, my associate uh, yes. is the same way. And we work together to right. uh, to keep everybody covered and answered mm-hmm. uh, questions and communications open. Right. Well, you both always put all of your people on the email mm-hmm. so that when replying, you know, they're all getting my thoughts or questions that I have yeah. at hand. So it's really important. It's a huge team effort. But without people like you on my side uh, being partners, I would be in a deep doo-doo with my clients, (laughs) to be honest. I mean, but both of you I can rely on. To me, that's very important. So while I know when I am saying these are the people to go to, uh, I know they're going to be in good hands. And you're going to educate them on the process, uh, but you're going to be very compassionate with them as well. Because people are scared. They never want to admit they're afraid. But they are, because this is a big deal. They're spending several hundred thousand dollars. Whew. Yes. And just saying that number can take your breath away. Uh, and this this is important. It is. You know, totally. It is. So um, as we wrap up here today, because I think it's been a powerhouse of great information, uh, Jay, what would you say is the most important thing if somebody says, I want to buy a house, what would you say is the first step of importance the first step of importance is is getting Mm pre-approved so that they can find out what how high they can go um, so they're not going out and looking at things that they can't afford Um, because there's nothing worse than somebody going to look for a let's say a five hundred thousand dollar house when they should be in a hundred and fifty thousand dollar condo oh yes and it's best to find that before they take the first you know first step into a a house to take a look at it right totally that is so true I mean and that's the thing about I mean and I love the internet for all the information you can glean from there but again it doesn't give you the full story and that is just a scary process when somebody tells me that as a broker I still refuse to take them out until they do meet with you 
because disappointing them, they can't get that $500,000 home out of their head. Right. I've taken over a lot of uh, a lot of applications that people originally applied on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the reasons is the Internet guy doesn't seem to be available um, on, at our our hours. Right. You, you put in an inquiry on the Internet and you might get an approval, but you're getting an approval based on information that you put in, the buyer puts in. Right. And the buyer's information that they're putting in is is, you know, what they think they need to put in a loan officer like myself that's either meeting with them in person or over the phone is going to ask the right questions so you know although they may think their income is fifty thousand dollars and it's it turns out not to be fifty thousand dollars if they put in fifty thousand dollars on the internet they'll get an approval of a fifty thousand dollar income right. earner um, i ask the right questions so i know what you know what we really have to deal with right very key very, very important. Right. And then when the offer is being presented, if it's over the weekend or, or you're about to present an offer and you need a pre-approval letter for the particular property, can can probably not get it as easily on the, you know, through the internet person Correct. or through the 800 number. Um, whereas I'm a, I'm a quick phone call or text away. And you have answered many of my phone calls at 9, 9.30 at night. <laughs> just say hey this is what's cooking and you never hesitate so that is a beautiful part about human people right love it and then joe you know people oftentimes say do i need an attorney yeah well uh they do and they actually say that to me too when i'm talking oh. to them <laughs> so uh, well um, they, they don't and uh, you know the 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 um the short answer is yes yes um, it's a, a, uh, a relatively minor cost uh, to have major representation. Absolutely. Uh, so given the, the scope of the purchase, the uh, loan amount that's going to be involved, um, you know, our fees are modest. Our time Very. is, uh, our time is, is uh, open mm -hmm. and uh, we will be there for, for the client um, throughout the whole process. Um, so it's really, um, it's really a sound decision for for some. This is not, like I said, I, I uh, it's not buying a washer and dryer. It's not even buying a car. Right. Uh, this is this is buying real estate, and you need certain things. Um, you know, you don't just take a deed. You have to make sure that the deed you're getting is from the people who own the property, for example. Right. right? And how do you know that if you? haven't, uh, you know, done a title search and understand what it says and, and how we get things together. Uh, so, you know, it's a very, like I say, a modest cost for a, a, a big bang, um, you know, because as well as Jay can, can prepare a, a buyer, uh, if they're unrepresented and they go to closing, mm -hmm. they're going to be in a room with 150 pages of documents. That they have no clue where to really sign. And, and go to sign. They right. don't know, you know. And the closer, as nice as they are, and they're very competent, they're not going to represent you. Okay. They're going to say, those are your loan documents. Let me know when they're done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here are the conveyance documents, and hopefully they're right. You know. Yeah. Um, so just imagine that. Just imagine going into a room, and there's 150 pages of documents, and you have to sign them. You don't know what you're no, signing. So. Uh, I wouldn't want to, yeah. you know, and I guess 
one of my favorite things that I say back is that both my daughter and son-in-law are attorneys, but they're not real estate attorneys. But for each and every one of their real estate transactions, mm -hmm. they have employed an attorney for that very reason that you're talking about, right. because they know it's one of their biggest assets and they don't want to mess it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, this is my business. This is what I do right. all, uh, all day long. I, I do residential real estate transactions. So for me, getting uh, uh, a contract in is somewhat routine. I know it's unique uh, to, the, right. to the client um, and we treat it that way. Mm -hmm. um, but we have seen the issues. We, between my partners and myself, uh, right. you know, we have closed probably 25, 30,000 transactions. Just um, a few. <laughs> yeah, so there's not a, a lot new under the bridge, but there, this transaction is your transaction. We treat it with, with the utmost respect and, uh, and, and help you through this situation. But it's not like, oh yeah, closing, I can do one of those, yeah. But, but oh, we can't do it on Thursday because I'm in court and we can't, you know, maybe next Friday, you know, no. Right. We're geared to do this. Right. It comes in, my, my paralegals are all over it, we're all over it, and um, you know, we have, we do several closings in a day. Uh, I know, so. <laughs> and it's gotten easier. I mean, I really love the Zoom part of it all. From the standpoint before, if you got behind in one closing and then trailing, you know, to go from Schaumburg to St. Charles or something, uh, you know, yeah. traffic can be yeah. an issue. Yeah, it has. I mean, one of the things that did come out of COVID and, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, that I was kind of proud of, of um, my colleagues and how we adapted to a very difficult situation. Totally. Right? How do we keep this business going? People are still gonna buy, they're still gonna sell. We can't be in the same room together. How do we do this? What do we do to adapt? And, and we came up with all sorts of strategies and solutions, one of them being, of course, the Zoom, mm -hmm. uh, but we, we can Zoom close closings now so right. um and we were doing all zoom i was not going to any transactions for about two years um amazing and now the zoom is a tool so for example if we're we're on a last friday of the month everybody likes to close right. we've got uh more than i can get around i'm not going to be late right so i'm not going to get to my nine o'clock that runs till 10 30 and now i'm 15 minutes behind right. for my 10 30 and and my whole day is is uh, mm -hmm. kind of shot. And then the clients are like, hey, where is this guy? You know, Linda, you, you recommended it. Where is he? You know, <laughs> well, so, you know, we're right. able, it's a, it's a tool for us to, to combat that. Right. Um, so it, it really is uh, one of the better things that came out of this COVID situation. True. There's always something good that comes out of yeah. a disaster, so to speak, there you is. know, without yeah. a doubt. Well, yes. I really want to thank you both so much learned a lot like I always do when I'm with you but I really enjoy working with both of you very very much and it's important to have partners that you can trust and that you can rely on because those are uh, what I'll say again the glue to the transaction I'm handing them you know somebody that I want them to work with and I know they're going to be handled properly so what's your story what are you looking for? Are you looking for an agency that has stability and strength? Are you looking for a full-time manager that will pick up her phone and answer your questions? Are you looking for that wonderful attorney that is going to help your elderly people through a transaction and 
a lender that is going to be helping the first time buyer that you present them. All of these things and maybe just bits of them, but your story is very important to me. So it all begins with a dream, with a goal of yours. Walk through these doorways and it will be fulfilled. And so next time, have a great day and see you soon.